A community is a group of people who have a shared goal or vision together. A core part of who we are is we need other beings, other entities, other energies, whatever it might be that help us and push us and challenge us to go forward. And especially right now, when we're all working from home practically, like what we are missing out is one of the most primal parts of us, which is being surrounded by other people receive that you can share, that you can just open and be authentic and vulnerable with. Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. My guest today has spent the past 10 years in sales across notable companies such as DocuSign, Microsoft, Outreach, and Catalyst. For the last five years, he has hired, trained, and developed over 100 AEs and built over 10 teams in segments from SMB to enterprise. Now, he has pursued his calling as the founder and CEO of Alluvians, a community focused on helping sales professionals and leaders master the craft of sales by transforming their inner game. He's the host of the Rising Leader podcast, introducing Alex Kremer. Alex, welcome to the show. What up? It's good to be here, man. I'm stoked to get after it today. It's a blessing to have you on. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting you in person twice now. And so you came to the Untap Your Sales Potential Masterminds in uh, LA and Austin, Texas. And you did a few visualization exercises with us and journaling exercises with us that damn near brought me to tears along with several (laughs) others in the room. And when we asked for feedback from everyone at the end of the weekend, both times your name kept popping up over and over and over again. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, what on earth is this guy doing? He needs to be running his own business and community doing this thing. And lo and behold, less than a year later, you've officially gone full-time with Luvians. What inspired you to start this community? Mm. So, you know, I've been in, I've been in tech for a good amount of time now in, in sales and sales leadership and, you know, always loved the craft of how to influence or enroll somebody, whether it be to sell your product, whether it be someone on your team, whether it be a culture, whatever it might be. But it's not just about enrolling or influencing somebody. It's about doing it from the right place. Yes, I'm down for the sales tactic, the strategy, the great cold call script, all this sort of stuff. But I also truly believe that that if there's not that underlying foundation that's really built upon mental health, emotional health, even spiritual health, you know, I don't, I don't care how good that talk track sounds. It's going to fall flat if you're not coming from the right space. And uh, I always felt like so many organizations and communities were teaching the sales tactics. And again, I, I have reverence for those. Those are very, very important. But I also believe that's only one side of the coin. It needs to be integrated with you know, our, our full selves. And if the person, the sales professional or the leader also feels a greater sense of purpose, a greater sense of meaning, a greater sense of like, I just feel freaking good. Like it, it changes so much when you're speaking and, and communicating with people. And 
since 2017, and, and I could, you know, dive very much into, into my story of just like my mental health and, and all this sort of stuff and, and depression. And that's, that's a big part of, of who I am. Uh, but 20, since 2017, I've been a part of a lot of different types of communities, communities focused on being a better sales professional, on being a better leader, uh, on mindfulness, meditation, um, all of it. And probably at this point in my life, I've attended somewhere between 100 to 150 retreats. It's just I've spent a shit ton of time, money and energy on them. And, you know, I really love both the community that occurs when you are at an immersion at a retreat, you know, whatever it might be a, a mastermind. And I also love the transformation that occurs. Because I truly believe in one on one coaching or, or therapy, like I, that's a part of my practice. But when you are also surrounding yourself with other people who are hungry to do the work themselves, and challenging you to either think bigger or holding you accountable or being honest and vulnerable in front of you, you can't help but just like pick up their vibration and start to raise yourself. And so through all these communities that I was a part of, I always felt like there was never one that was specifically focused on tech sales professionals and tech sales leaders who wanted to improve at the craft while also complementing that with the inner game. Um, and, and when I say the inner game, I mean kind of two things of like, first off, like what's your purpose? What's your vision? And also what are the things that are preventing you from getting there? Things like imposter syndrome, self-doubt, burnout, isolation is so common today. Um, we're in such a unique inflection point within the world, within corporate, within tech, within sales. I mean, like where it's like, oh shit, what's about to happen? And, um, you know, really been driven by the mission of, Hey, this has been a path that I've taken myself for a good amount of time now. And, you know, I think it's about time that I started bringing this to more people outside of just the people who I led, um, as a sales, as a sales leader. And so I've been doing this journey for, uh, or at least throwing immersions, throwing retreats for about a year now. We've we've thrown three events. Our next one's in February, and we we've impacted you know almost 150 people at these live events, and they're just I love them, man. I I mean you know being there at, at Untap your 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 potential with with you and Ian and everybody. It's just like I, I love just being around people because especially everybody's working from home, right? Yeah, selling a product they may or may not care about trying to hit a quota that may or may not be attainable. Like people are burnt out, tired, and lonely. And when we start to get together in person, it's like you remember like, oh, yeah. Like I can I can experience joy being yeah. around other people. Yeah. And that was something that um, it's almost, it's hard to describe, but this energy that you create space for, you know, when you're running your exercises, um, that you did for our community was, was tremendously powerful. It like brought everyone together and like connected everybody to a deeper sense of meaning, a deeper sense of purpose. And there's a lot that you said there that I want to unpack, uh, including the purpose piece. But first I want to understand what was not, not to say too much of a dad joke, but what was the catalyst for <laughs> you to get started on this journey? Yeah. So, you know, as in, 2017, like I said, I started kind of this journey and I was working at Microsoft at the time. I was an account executive and I was number one on my team for the second year in a row. I was the fastest promoted within my segment in, in Microsoft history, at least is what I was told and making more money than I'd ever been, been making. And on the outside looking in, 
you know, people would have said, Alex, you're crushing it. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're doing great. And I used to put this smile on. I'm like, I'm doing great. Everything's great. Look how awesome I am. But underneath that, that smile that I would put on, there was a deep sense of, I'd almost call it um, like, what am I missing? Like, like it was like a, a resentment towards myself that like, is this really what I'm meant to be doing? And, you know, it was really hard because I would make it seem like I was doing great, right? I'd wear the suit and the tie to the office and like to customer meetings and, you know, have the smile on and I'd accept the, you know, accolades of being number one, all that sort of stuff. But on the inside, I was completely out of rapport and out of integrity with what I was making other people believe. And it got to the point where when you're putting on a mask to other people, but on the inside, you feel completely opposite. Like it, it just brought me down in this like deep, deep mental hole. And it, it's kind of like out of one of those, you know, movies or books. Like if you had, had seen me, I was living in San Francisco. I was living in like a pretty shitty apartment and like my shades were closed. I was not getting out of bed. There was trash everywhere in my house. Like I was in a, I was in a deep state of depression and depression is, is runs through my family, through my sisters, through my dad's side, through my mom's side. It's a part, it's been a part of my family, but I never admitted to myself that I also dealt with it. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, kind of that, that like dark, dark moment that I was like, Oh shit. Like I got this thing too. And it was just, it was a part of me. And, um, I remember I got a uh, I got a LinkedIn message around that time uh, from a guy named Zachary, who's still a, a close personal friend, mentor, coach. And he's like, hey, um, you know, I'm fascinated by top performers. And I'm also got a question for you. Do you feel like you're living the purpose with what you're trying to live? And it just like freaking nailed me right square in the forehead. And I was like, no, let's take a call. Uh, and I took a call with him and um, he really expanded my perspective of what does it look like to to live with purpose. And I ended up going to my first immersion uh, with an organization called Epic Impact back in the day and ended up joining their community and ended up being in that for five years, going to a quarterly immersion, having a weekly community call, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, essentially the same model, so to speak, with which Alluviance is right now. And it started my journey in of, you know, we have all these parts of us that we don't like. The parts, like I'll just say in my personal experience, there's parts of me that are insecure. There's parts of me that really want people to like him. There's parts of me that don't think I'm worthy or don't think I'm good enough. Um, you know, all all these major parts. And I used to think like, if I could just get rid of these parts, I'll be good. Like, like exile them, like, like exercise them from my body. Like I got a demon inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I tried to do that for a really long time and it didn't work. And, you know, just through doing my, my practice and, you know, I, I'm big into meditation and the breath work and, and, you know, part of many different communities and receive teaching from a lot of different types of people. We're not meant to exile these parts of us. We're actually meant to integrate them. 
We're not meant to fix them. We're actually meant to go and simply sit with them and be with them. So for example, there's that very insecure part of me. I've named him Herbert. (laughs) (laughs) Not to every Herbert out there, but I named him Herbert. And there's certain days when I wake up where I just feel that part of me a little bit more. I don't know why, whether it has something happened the previous day, whether it's crazy dreams, whether it's just like working through me. And what I do is I go and I sit and I really try to feel where in my body do I feel insecure, right? What's going on? Like, why do I like, why do I feel that way? How long have I felt that way? Like, what does it want? I really just bring us simply a deep level of inquiry to sit with it and to be with it. And what I found is there's actually a, a massively positive purpose to all these different parts of us. Like that insecure part of me, it just wants me to love myself. And how I treat myself is how I treat others or how I treat others is how I treat myself. So if I'm judging the insecure part of myself, I actually judge other people. And so it's really just taught me just to simply be with it and, 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 and integrate it through my whole system, through my whole essence, one can say. And when I do that, I end up showing up more as the whole person, not, oh, look how good my smile and I'm doing awesome is, but on the inside, I'm not doing good. I'm just simply like, hey, certain days I feel freaking great. Certain days I feel really down and I'm not trying to change or, or, or look down on myself when I'm not feeling good. But what I have found is that the lows aren't as low or don't last for as long. Like I can still go to dark nights of the soul, as we call Mm -hmm. it. But I don't get lost in them as much as I used to. So I mean, I still don't struggle with them. I don't still receive support and coaching when when I'm in it. But I don't find myself like, oh, my God, like I've been here for a long ass time. Like and, and I've actually found it's like sometimes you have to go down to gain momentum so that when you come back up, you come back up with a stronger force. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think and that's just started my journey of my practice. And and really, <laughs> my life is actually really, really simple is like what I coach people on what I do in at our immersions with our community. It's actually just like what I'm learning on my own journey. It's super like my life is like, just learn my own shit, what I'm dealing with, and just simply try to be a channel and share that with other people. Super simple. And so I'm grateful for the pain and, and the challenge that I continuously experience because I know that it's coming up so that then Okay, I if when I sit and I and I'm with this lesson, whatever it might be, there's an opportunity to bring it to to more people who need it as well. And it's it's powerful stuff. First of all, thank you for for sharing your story. But I hope the sales professionals listening to this understand that these are tactics, these are techniques like meditation and breath work. I just hired a a breath work coach not too long ago, um, and now I'm like looking at 20 minutes a day essentially at least, um, in the morning, I'm trying to get to 40 minutes, but at least 20 minutes a day of, of meditation and breath work. And what you just said about this up and down and feeling more steady sales is a roller coaster of emotions. There's so many highs and lows and God damn, it takes us for a ride. You know what I mean? But (laughs) 
when you have practices like meditation and breath work, it sort of allows you to keep that steady frequency. And so now when you're going into calls with your prospects, when you're going into meetings, when you're having internal discussions, whatever it may be, you're coming from a more stable and centered place as opposed to feeling uh, dysregulated, right? And what I've come to learn is that prospects and customers can sense that sort of thing. It's just human nature. We can kind of, sometimes when you're around something, you're almost like, oh, I don't know if I'm feeling the vibe, I'm feeling the energy. That's how our prospects and customers think about us. But where this all starts and where you, you mentioned it started for you is being able to find that deep sense of meaning and purpose. Mm. How does a sales professional who's just been going through the motions, top performer or underperformer, how do they go about trying to find a sense of meaning and purpose in their lives and in their careers? Mm. It's a big question right there. It's a good question. It's the right question. I'm not about to claim I have the answer. I'll just state that first. But I am here to be in a deep state of inquiry into the question itself. That is truly what I believe. It's like, as soon as you start to figure it out, there's more to figure out. There's more to excavate. Like, as I've been doing this work since 2017, and, and even before, like, so my, my father was a, a motivational speaker. My mom was a, was a speaker as well. Um, and so I, I grew up going to conferences and grew up hearing my dad and my mom speak and talking about vision, talking about purpose. So I, I've been, one can say, indoctrinated <laughs> with this type of lingo for a good amount of my life. And, you know, one of the things I always you know, share with my community is the purpose of a vision is not necessarily that we achieve it. The purpose of a vision is who it causes us to be today. And so when we look at our future selves three, five, 10 years from now, and we say, what are we doing, right? Let's say, you know, Tanvir, one of your goals is to be a speaker in front of 50,000 people five years from now. And to be leading them. <laughs> that's true. Accurate. Yes. Accurate. Yes. And, you know, you've got your wife and your kids at the front row watching you give a talk and you yourself are up there. It's not even a matter of what you're actually speaking about, but you see yourself fully embodied, fully in your sense of just being your complete and authentic self. And it's like, you're not using your dome or your brain to be thinking. You're just, you're just in your heart. Like you're speaking truth. And if we can have clarity around what our vision is again the purpose of it is not that we achieve it it's who it causes us to be today and so if we think of who is that tanvir five years from now we start to ask ourselves cool what's that guy like <laughs> what are his characteristics what are his habits who does he surround himself by right what time does that guy wake up in the morning right when he goes and hangs out with people outside of work who is he spending time with what does he have for lunch every single day? Does he work out? If so, when? What does he do? 
right? All these different types of things that we can start to understand, not what are we doing, but how are we showing up in that? And the beautiful part about that is we can actually start to source from our future selves and bring that here into the present. Because guess what? You can still wake up at that same time. You can still eat the same thing for for lunch, right? You can still surround yourself by the same type of community. And you can know and you can trust that as long as you are doing that and working on embodying that version of yourself today, either you're going to get to that vision or you're going to get somewhere far better and greater than you can imagine. It's really actually simple, but we have to just simply bring a unique, a, a deep inquiry into it. Now, as far as our purpose specifically to us, we all were raised in a very unique way to us. We all experienced unique opportunities, unique challenges, unique lessons, mentors, groups, clubs, all of it that make us the unique expression of ourselves. Nobody else has had what we have. And the problem that I'm seeing, or at least the inflection point I'm seeing us at right now, when you look at the tech sales world specifically, there's a very clear path of SDR to AE, to senior AE, to manager, director, VP, CRO, like boom, go that path. And that's a really awesome path. And if you want to do that path, like do it. It's it's a, it's a playbook that you can run that you can receive a certain sense of safety from it. Yet the thing I, I challenge people or call people forward to is don't just simply fit into that mold because that's what you're meant to do. Make sure you have the jersey fit onto you as opposed to you fitting into the jersey. I'm going to say that again. Jersey fit onto you as opposed to you fitting into the jersey. And we each have this like unique thing that we are meant to do in this world based on how we were raised. If you really want to go spiritual with it, maybe we even hug past lives. I don't really know. <laughs> that bring us into this unique karma that we have today. But what I do know is that when we can figure out what wants to come out in me, right? Happiness, I was told, and I believe this myself, is being the true and authentic expression of yourself. Happiness is allowing yourself to simply be fucking you, dude. And that, I believe, is one's purpose. And when I think of what is the actual formula to stepping into that vision, to stepping into your purpose, there's, there's three steps, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The first step is what I call self-connection. Are you actually doing the work on yourself to be connected with you? whether it be through meditation, whether it be through breath work, whether it be through just sitting, journaling, whatever it might be, are you, are you asking yourself the questions to actually connect to your heart? And once we do that and create space for ourselves, we then move into what I call being an essence-led leader. An essence-led leader is the unique expression of yourself, right? Almost like you're, because you are so self-connected, you start to come from a different, um, a, a vibration comes from you. It starts to get bigger and it starts to get more true, right? Because you're just like, you're not, 
trying to be somebody you're not. You're just like, I'm just me, dog. Like, for example, if if I'm a really, if you're a really weird person, Tanvir, mm-hmm. I'm like, Tanvir, <laughs> I'm like, Tanvir, you're pretty weird. And you're like, no, dude, I'm not weird. I'm super normal. I'm like, nah, dude, you're pretty weird. And it's kind of lame that you are saying you're not. But I was like, Tanvir, you're pretty weird. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm weird. I'm the weirdest guy I know of. Like, that's just me, dog. I'm like, damn, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I like you that much more, right? You're so unapologetically authentic with who you are. Like, I want to be around you. That, that's, that, that's, it pulls me in. And that's your being an essence-led leader. So you're just yourself. And once you are fully and authentically yourself, you then move into the third stage, which is you become a visionary leader. What is that unique thing that you are meant to be doing and bringing to the world that's getting ready to pass the torch on to future generations? Right? What are you leaving behind? What does the world need right now that's in a deep level of pain? And so if we take it back to be a visionary leader, to be an essence of leader, step one, connect with yourself. <laughs> Become whole first. So many ways to do that. So many modalities, so many groups, so many coaches, so whatever it might be, just simply work on, hey, am I connecting with myself? Start there. That, in my opinion, is a path to figuring out what your purpose and what your vision is. So let's keep it there for for a minute because that's the most important step. Always taking that first step is the most important one, right? And you use a bunch of different tools and modalities to get sales professionals to hone in on their on their inner game and connect with themselves. Like you mentioned, visualization, breathwork, meditation, cold plunges, which are all the rage right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did one last night. It was awesome. I slept like go. a baby afterwards. <laughs> the post cold plunge high is like mm-hmm. insane. It's awesome. Um, especially if you combine it with the sauna. Mm-hmm. Why do you use these tools specifically? And do you think they're underrated or overhyped? <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. So my, my practice started, um, it was in 2018, I was in Guatemala, I was at a retreat, and I had been struggling to get over a relationship uh, that had that had ended. And it had been three years since that had ended, and I was still in it. And I was really annoyed by how much I was still in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was in Guatemala, I went up to one of the the teachers and his, his name was Dr. Michael Brabant. And uh, he's a meditation guru type of guy. Got like the big man bun, crazy mustache. Who's just like one of those guys who are like, this guy knows shit. And I told him, I was like, so Michael, I got this freaking past relationship. I haven't been able to get over. Like, what the hell do I do, bro? He's like, hmm. he's like, where in your body do you feel it? I was like, where in my body do I feel it? Like, what an interesting question. And I just like kind of like sat there for like 10 seconds. I was like, I think I feel it in like my lower chest, my like sternum type of area. Like, like I really like when I think that I feel it. He's like, awesome. He's like, we're two days into this retreat. It was a seven day retreat. It's like, so for the rest of the five days, I simply just want you to focus on breathing in through that area and out through that area, through everything through talks, through eating lunch, through in the shower, going to bed, all of it, just in through that chest, out through the chest. And I did. I really, really sat with it. And I focused on that. And 
I can't tell you by the end of that retreat, the amount of presence that I felt like when I was talking to someone, I was there with them. I wasn't in my mind thinking, what should I say? How should I respond? Or should I ask a question? You know, anything like that I was simply just like holding space. And it felt powerful as hell. And at the very end of the retreat, I remember they said, hey, does, you know, how was it for everybody? Does anybody feel called to make any commitments to help integrate this? And I just got the ping and I stood up and I was like, I commit to meditating for 365 days in a row. And uh, Ian Koniak was actually at that immersion. And I uh, I did meditate for 365 days in a row. I downloaded Headspace. And I'm not about to tell you that every day was a perfect 20 to 30 minutes. There were certain days where I would. And there were certain days that I was laying in bed, going to sleep. And I would all of a sudden be like, holy shit, I never meditated today. And I get out of bed and I'd simply track my breath for a minute. Right? And cool. Got that little check mark today. And that process of committing to something and following through on it first off it built an incredible level of trust with myself because i then have a great data point that when i need to change something or make a commitment i say i'm actually a type of person that when i do make a commitment i follow through on it so it really helped build a lot of integrity with myself but the second thing is like that year was truly one of the most impactful years of my life. It was like the inflection point of like when Mario eats the mushroom and he like, like, no, 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 no. Like he yeah. like, like grows into like the next level. Like that's what happened to me that year. And I ended up loving it so much and starting doing a little breath work there too. Um, is I started to say, you know, I'm doing all this stuff in my personal life and then I show up to work and I'm like a different type of person. What would it look like if I actually combined those two versions of myself and just said like, this is just who I am. And so I did. And I, and I ended up bringing breath work to my team and at every single team meeting, we'd start out with a round of Wim Hof breath work. And it was weird and it was different and people pushed back initially, at least were hesitant of it. But, you know, about a month in people started to vibe. And people started to like really drop in and it became like a unique, like, Hey, this team is different. This team is weird. This team is unique. And they're like, hell yeah, it is like, we're, we're different. It became our rallying cry. And we ended up, you know, being the number one team that year. And, and, you know, we're always the number one or fighting for the number one spot for the next like three or four years. And it really taught me, especially in sales, if we are coming from our mental perspective, if I want to say the right thing, you know, have an agenda and push them to the right way, you know, whatever it might be like, it just, it's, nobody likes that shit. It's like, there, it's out of rapport with people. But the biggest gift that we can give to anybody in this world is our presence. It's truly our presence. And when we started to bring that same type of presence, whether it be through your meditation, through your breath work, it saturates into the rest of your life, whether or not you realize it. When we started bringing that presence to our prospects and to our customers, they felt it. And it just it just took off. And so to answer your question that you asked, uh, I don't know if it's overhyped or underhyped. All I know is it's changed my entire life. And 
changed many people's lives who I, who I respect and I'm very close with. Agreed. A thousand percent. Um, meditation and breath work have, have done the same for me. Um, like we talked about, you know, roller coaster of sales, it just sort of helps you helps block you into the present. And, um, I was going through something, you know, earlier this year where, uh, I was struggling, you know, with just like feeling, uh, regulated, right. The, there was a lot of highs, there was lows, um, a lot of, you know, prospect conversations that weren't going well, but what I realized was that I'm just trying to read a script. Like I'm just trying to go through some, go through the motions. But when I stopped doing that and I just like focused on being like, just focused on showing up and like coming from a place of service and positive energy and presence that's when the game changed. Like that's when the call started going so much better. And I was like, holy crap, this stuff actually works. Like it's not just woo woo. Like it's, it's real as long as it's coming from a good place. The other thing I was struggling with was uh, because prospect conversations weren't going well, I was uh, like deeply I was feeling it in my chest, first of all. So like you mentioned, you know, you, you felt something in a particular part of your body. I was feeling like this gaping hole in my chest. And so um, what I what I came to realize from working with my coach, Ian, was that this was coming from a place of me only feeling valued when I'm achieving, when I'm an achiever. Mm. Basically, I only feel my like a sense of self-worth when I'm knocking down dominoes and checking things off and et cetera, et cetera. How mm. would you recommend either myself or, you know, high achievers out there navigate this challenge of tying their self-worth to their achievement, to their quota, to their closed deals, to their closed prospects? Like how does one overcome this? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, this is like probably been one of the main topics I've been asking and just like inquiring about on my own personal journey as well as with the people who I who I support. Because first off, like the achiever in us, I love that guy. Like what a massive asset that is to us. That achiever has gotten us to you know, build a life, build an empire, you know, hit quota, make money, create companies, start a podcast, like go and meet new people, put ourselves in uncomfortable positions. Like before we say, you know, how do we, how do we stop this achiever, you know, mentality when we're not feeling whole, it's like, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's have massive amounts of reverence for the fact that we do have an achiever in us. Cause also not many people do, or not everybody does, at least. And so that that's an amazing part of us. Now, the question just really becomes, what is driving that achiever? And you said it, you said it well yourself. I just I'm gonna synthesize it though. Is that achiever coming from a sense of I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough? 
And therefore, if I achieve, then I can prove to the world and to everybody that I am good enough. Or is that achiever coming to us of from our, our truth, our essence of, man, I have a mission in this world that I'm wanting to build and manifest from that space. And for me, for many of my, much of my life, and still even to this day, that part of me that doesn't feel good enough is constantly driving, right? When I see four hours on my calendar of no meetings, sometimes there's a part of me that's like, oh, oh God, like I gotta, I gotta prospect. I, I gotta like put meetings on the calendar. I gotta be doing and building because like that's, if I'm not doing that, I'm not gonna be good enough. But if I actually integrate the achiever mindset with the I'm already whole I'm already good enough and I just simply get to be and come from that place it's like those are such those are two polarities if you think about it the achiever and the like I'm already good those are those are kind of opposite sides of the spectrum there it's not we're not supposed to get rid of the achiever or get rid of the come from your essence, what does it look like to actually combine those two, right? The sacred third between the two. And it has that polarity in them. And if you think about polarity, that's what creates the current between them, right? That's what creates like the, the field. That's what like starts to allow the stuff to start to build and to create in itself. So when we actually integrate and we're with both, we begin to become really, really, really powerful. But the question becomes, cool, I know how to do the achiever for the most part. I've been doing it. The question is, how do I already feel whole? How do I feel good enough? And at least for me, like I'm a very somatic person, meaning like I'm very much like I feel my body a lot, especially after like through my practice. So when I feel my achiever, a lot, I feel him a lot in my heart, my chest, my neck, or my head. He's like, go, do, build, ah, like, ah, big up here. But when I feel my my essence, like my my wholeness, I actually feel it down in like my hips, called your my seat of essence. Like it's like, oh, I'm actually already good enough, and I can just like kind of sit back here and just like receive. And so what I'm constantly doing in my practice, I'm going to my seat, and. When I'm feeling these parts of me that don't feel good, again, the insecure part, the imposter part, whatever it might be, I'm going and I'm sitting with those parts. I'm not trying to change them. I'm not trying to get rid of them. I'm just simply being with them and I'm integrating them into my body, which brings me to a greater sense of wholeness, which then when I'm coming from that place, I figure out, what do I actually want to do and to build in this world? And what it allows me to do is it actually allows me to be unattached from whether or not someone signs my contract or agrees to do a deal with me. Would I want them to? Absolutely. Like, do would I love for them to agree to work with me for sure? Because I want to add value to them and I and I want to learn from them as you know someone who's supporting them. But I don't need them to do that in order for me to feel good enough because I'm already good enough. And 
what that causes is the agenda that we're coming from starts to dissipate. The I'm using you to get one of my needs met. Nobody wants to be used, right? It, it, it's, it's allowing us to come from a place that's such a different energetic that says, hey, I, I got something really powerful here to offer. I would love to understand where you're at, what's going on for you, to see if there might be a fit and see if this could actually work for you. And if not, I'm going to love you, brother, and wish you well on your journey. And and it's like, it's hard to to have that come through, not just in your words, it comes through in your tonality. It comes through in the energy from what you're coming from. And it comes through in the body language. It's like people can feel it whether or not they freaking realize it. Like there's certain people who are just like, man, I just like that person. I don't know. Like I trust them. Like they seem like they're coming from a really good spot. And there's certain people who are just like, yeah, that person made me feel really icky because they're using you, right? They're using you for a need that they have not been able to meet themselves whether they're conscious of it or not. Yeah. What you're describing, like I remember, you know, sometimes when prospects would say no at the end of a, of a long deal cycle or, you know, deals would get botched for seemingly no reason, I would get angry. Like I'd be like, oh, this prospect, this, this. I'd go to my colleagues and I'd be complaining like, yeah, they just like, they didn't know what they were doing. They're shooting themselves in the foot. And then I just realized like, this is not, why am I complaining? Like, this is not coming from a good place. And you're absolutely right. Like it comes across in tonality, it comes across in body language, it comes across in everything, but you actually have to feel it. Now, you know, when a prospect says, no, I just found myself being like, man, I wish you well, you know, I mm -hmm. wish you all the best. Like I'm genuinely just like, regardless of whether you, you know, sign a deal or not, all the best to you, all the mm -hmm. better to you. And when you can come from that energy, it, it, it genuinely changes the game. I, I believe completely like what you're, what you're sharing here is, is gold. Um, and, and like you said, the modalities are a way the meditation, the breath work, um, the visualization, like those are all ways where you can start to cultivate that energy in your day to day. But mm -hmm. the other way you've gone about cultivating this energy is you said you've been a part of dozens of communities at this point, you know, hundreds of retreats at this point. Why is community so important for sales professionals? Mm. It's a powerful question. Yeah, first of all, I'll just tell you what I view a community is. A community is a group of people that share, it does, they don't even necessarily need to share like a background, a, a, you know, a different culture or anything like that. It's just a group of people who have a shared goal or vision together. There's a higher calling that they're all striving for together. And sure, they can have their individual goals within that, but it's like they're all saying like, hey, we're adhering to this, this greater thing together. And absolutely – in a community, when somebody's struggling, no doubt, they have each other's back. They, they pick each other up and they're there for them. But actually, what I think is more important in a community is there's a standard. 
that they have for each other. They say, hey, if you're going to be in this community, fucking stand up, like step up. Like I'm going to hold you accountable to doing what you said you were going to do. I'm going to do it from love. I'm going to do it from like, I got you, my friend. Like, let's do this. But like, if you are not showing up and showing up in the way that we expect, like that's just not the type of community personally that I that I want to be in. And, you know, I, I still remember it was a, a community that I was uh, a part of like three years or so ago. And we did this exercise called uh, Your Impossible Moment. And it's moment that you look at in the future and you say, damn, like I'm doing that. That's actually even beyond like what my goal or my vision is. Like that's big, big, big. And I remember I got up and I and I shared what my what my vision was. And I can't really remember like or what my impossible moment was. I can't remember like what it was, but it wasn't like that cool. And remember somebody else got up right after me. His name was James. And he shared, I'm going to the White House and I'm meeting with the president of the United States. And I'm talking about education reform across the entire country. Wow. Like that was his impossible moment. And I just was like, damn, I'm not thinking big enough. I'm not thinking big enough. And if I hadn't been in community with James or been in that container, I wouldn't have been challenged. I wouldn't have felt the call forward. I wouldn't have seen, oh man, there's a standard. If I want to be around these types of people here, I need to be doing this. Mm. And so again, I'm down for the one-on-one -on -one coaching and the one-on-one -on -one therapy. I myself receive both of those a good amount. It's an important part of my practice. But I also know that when I'm surrounding myself with other people who are also committed to that same journey, we start to tune each other. It's like there's this um, one of my te my, one of my my teachers. He's a he's a former Zen monk. He he taught me that I think it's in China, a, a certain type potato type of potato. The way that they clean them is they throw them in this barrel, and like all these potatoes, and they get this big stirring stick and they just turn this thing. It's in water, and what the potatoes do is they actually clean each other, just by rubbing against each other. Mm. You want wow. to ask you something really, really weird? This is like just a very unique thing. I was not planning on talking about this, but semen, like semen, mm -hmm. when semen are rushing and going towards the egg, they're actually bouncing off of each other and giving each other energy to continue to move and propel forward. Wow. And that's, it's like, it's like a, core part of who we are is we need other beings other entities other energies whatever it might be that help us and push us and challenge us to go forward and especially right now when we're all working from home practically like what we are missing out is one of the most primal parts of us which is being surrounded by other people who you can receive that you can share that you can just open and be authentic and vulnerable with community it's like there's two things that i think that solve the major problems in this world it's community and meaning find meaning in your life if you can do those two things and you're getting better at your craft bro what's not possible with that what's not possible this is why i love you brother what's not possible freaking amazing um 
how can people learn more about your community, learn more about Alluvians, connect with you, reach out to you? Um, where can people do this? Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, check, uh, check out alluvians.co, A-L-L-U-V-I-A-N-C-E.co. Um, check out the Rising Leader podcast. Uh, we've got a newsletter. We've got uh, our Alluvians Instagram, which I've been having so much fun doing. Uh, find me on LinkedIn as well. Always down to have a conversation, chat a little bit more about this. Um, and I would just say like the most important thing to me is that I'm really proud of, of myself. I'll just claim is like, I feel like I'm finally starting to step into like, what is my mission? Like truly like, what is my mission and how can I come from that spot? And that doesn't mean I'm not, that I'm done with my work. I still got a lot of work to do on myself as I continue to do this and to bring my mission forward. But I just feel driven by, you know, helping at least right now, tech sales professionals and tech sales leaders master the craft by transforming the inner game and doing it around other people. So uh, I'm here for it, brother. I love that mission. I think it's it's super powerful and it's exactly what sales professionals need right now. Um, before we go, what's one last piece of advice you'd give to my listeners to help them achieve their next big win? Mm. If you are feeling a certain sense of burnout right now or stress or anxiety or whatever it might be, one of the easiest ways to work through it, to be with it, get a cohort. Find one or two other people who either you work with or in your industry or whoever you know, whoever it might be and be like, hey, what would it look like if we had a weekly call or a biweekly call? or a monthly call. And, you know, we can have maybe a little agenda, but mostly like, let's go through road, rosebud thorn. What's going well? You know, what's an opportunity? What are we struggling with? And let's just do that. And if we can find ways to just be in community with other people, whether it be through immersions, retreats, masterminds, or just simply what's right in front of you, that's at least the trailhead of the path that we're trying to go on. Powerful, powerful. I appreciate you, Alex Kramer. Thanks for coming on to Winning Streaks, my man. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Tambir. Good to be here.